0: hello lewis fans and welcome to the mere c.s lewis podcast my name is thornton and my name
1: is andrew and we are two brothers who enjoy c.s lewis and want to take themselves and others um, on a journey through his writings.
0: so andrew yeah it's it's i know we did our um, most converted or uh, most reluctant convert episode uh, relatively recently but we haven't given uh, the listeners any updates on on us. So, like, I guess since last December, what has uh, what's uh, been going on with you, Andrew?
1: Oh, nothing much. Just a career change.
0: I know. It seems like the better question for you would be what hasn't been going on with you.
1: Yeah, uh, it has been a a wild ride here, moving from uh, you know working at the church as a youth pastor to working in you know a billion-dollar company, you know, doing HR. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's been humbling for sure and uh, exciting and, you know, all the different, you know, adverbs <laughs> that, uh, that it, you know, it could be. So um, really enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, have you found any opportunities to talk about C.S. Lewis and human resources?
1: not specifically CS Lewis but I will say I've had a, a lot of good opportunities to share the gospel and Oh, really interesting. Yeah, pray for people and um what's nice is I have such an easy in um because people ask me where I where I worked before this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, worked at a church and then either that turns into like a conversation uh about like, oh, I go to church and then I can, you know, encourage them. Um mm-hmm. or it's like a oh, okay, <laughs> and then I can kind of lead that into a well, uh, do you have a church background? And have mm-hmm. um, had a couple uh, interesting conversations that way,
0: interesting, I imagine. But
1: oh, yeah, all fruitful, all fruitful,
0: good stuff, good stuff. And it, well, I imagine, yeah, the if if uh, you don't use CS Lewis in your human resources, I imagine it's what got you the job though, because I'm sure uh, running. Oh, yeah. in- the C.S. Lewis podcast is at the the top of the resume.
1: Well, they were like, "Do you know anything about SAP? Do you know anything about C.S. Lewis podcasting?" And I was like, "I have a unique qualification there."
0: <laughs> yep, yeah. that, that was a special skill set that they needed. They, yeah, forget um, yeah, inter- enterprise resource planning and SAPs, and no. uh, they don't need that at all.
1: No, no, don't need know anything about employment law
0: <laughs> good stuff but yeah i know yeah for me it's it seems like um december was like n- another world uh, another life uh my wife and i we had our her our little girl on this on january 1st and so we've been enjoying the new parent experience these past several months and i'm actually on dad duty now and she's asleep and i I have her on the monitor so if uh if she's starting uh, to wake up or might hear her and I might have to step away, and then I and then there's other things on but the other only other update I'll give because it's uh, pressing into this uh, episode is I became an elder in my church so yeah you did yeah so for those who aren't uh, familiar with exactly what that means I'm part of like the church governance structure kind of like a, a board of but also, uh, sure, I uh, share like spiritual responsibility for the church with the pastor, um, caring for the people in, in our flock. And um, we'll maybe have uh, a little bit of preaching duty or teaching duty and uh, just um, yeah, sort of sharing the load. With... So that's been interesting. Uh, so yeah, our, my church had a, a big, um, uh, I guess, commissioning uh, Sunday for us. And then it's, it's been interesting ever since then, people have come to me with a lot of their issues and problems. And I always feel honored by it. Just hearing how people trust me with the, the biggest issues in their lives in that moment. And, um, and it's just continues to reiterate to me that you just never really know what people have gone through or are going through. Oh yeah. Um, and it's uh, yeah. It's, I'm very humbled by, I guess a lot of uh, by it and just, opened up my eyes to a lot of stuff I imagine you went through as a youth pastor and yeah. what a lot of have gone through or or are continuing uh to go through and and I guess yeah one of the reasons why I said being, being becoming an elder recently is pressing into this um episode is well one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode is it's one of Andrew's if not Andrew's favorite essay by Lewis and it also- oh it is absolutely yeah, and it generally tracks with uh, the timeline. He wrote this right around the same time that he wrote Reflection on the Psalms, which is our next big episode. And, but as becoming an elder, I said a lot of people are coming to me and, uh, with stuff. And there was one person in, our, in, our, in my church who uh, I knew had some stuff going on, and I asked to pray with them. And they just said, no, it doesn't mm-hmm. work
1: um
0: so i think we had already decided on doing this essay before this um, yeah i remember
1: asking to do it
0: yeah uh yeah so i it was um so it's very yeah so it's very i guess relevant to my i guess um, position so i yeah this reading through the essay i'd read through it before that and then had this experience and kind of read through it again um so with a, some, a little bit different eyes, so I'm yeah, uh, and I'll share a few other stories of, uh, about prayer, like and stuff. But yeah, so this this episode has a special significance uh, for me right now.
1: Mm. Well, I'm sure C.S. Lewis will answer all of our questions.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure he has the uh, the answers to everything. So, <laughs> but uh, and that that is sarcastic in case no one. um, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, Andrew, if you want to go ahead and get us started on the, the background and context.
1: I'd be happy to. So The efficacy of Prayer was written and published in 1959. Um, so he must have been praying for our parents because that's when they were born. <laughs> um, but that was along with other essays in The World's Last Night. This, uh, and this time was one of the happiest of Lewis's life
0: yeah Lewis had experienced by this point critical and professional success having written screw tape letters mere christianity all of his chronicles in Narnia. so most of what people know him for he has he has written by this point as well his uh his wife joy they had had been officially married but also had their church ceremony by this point too and she had recovered from her bout with cancer so This, uh, when he was writing this, was probably the happiest he was um, in his life. And but that being said, it would be a short time, though, before Joy died. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, just a a few years until Lewis uh, passed away himself. Going to the overview of the text.
1: You know, it's short coming in in at about 10 pages. Um, And it begins with an anecdote by Lewis where he had decided to change some of his plans uh, to not go to his barber. Um, he had an event and he wanted to look nice and, and he wasn't able to attend that event. Uh, but an inner nagging voice told him to go to the barber anyway, which he eventually did. Upon entering the shop, the barber said, oh, I was praying for you uh, that you would come today. Um, and Lewis you know, learned that um, if he had arrived a day or two later, he would have been no used to his friend at all.
0: Yeah, Lewis is awed by the story, and he shares another story about a miraculous healing. He readily admits that the the story with the barber and this miraculous healing, uh, there's no sci- scientific proof to any of it. There's anything uh, it. And he admits that it, these situations or experiences could be explained away by other things. Um, And in regards to the healing, he says, quote, we need not invoke the supernatural to explain the falsification of medicine, end quote.
1: Hmm. That's so good.
0: Um,
1: He says that one can never empirically prove the effectiveness of prayer. For example, uh, if a group of people prayed for healing of uh, people in Hospital A, And none prayed for those in hospital B. Regardless of the outcome, it wouldn't prove anything. Merely saying words is not prayer. Otherwise, parrots could participate in the experiment. So the question then turns to what sort of evidence uh, would prove that prayer is effective.
0: Yeah, he reminds us that prayer is request. So even if everything Christians prayed for was granted it still wouldn't prove its effectiveness.
1: And if every prayer was answered in the affirmative, um, or if God said yes to everything, it wouldn't mean that Christian doctrine was true, because an infinitely wise being taking requests from finite and foolish creatures will sometimes grant and sometimes refuse requests. If every prayer was granted, it would mean something closer to magic.
0: Yeah. Lewis says there are passages in the New Testament which imply an affirmative answer to every prayer. But that can't be what they really mean, Lewis says. For example, Jesus prays in the Garden of Death's enemy, and he is wholly rejected.
1: Which is wild. Yeah. Um, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into later, but that's mm-hmm. wild. Um, we have to look at other, what Lewis calls species of requests. To, to learn more about prayer. For example, someone could pass the salt or a pay raise or asking someone to marry us. Even if we get what we want, we can't scientifically prove that the asking necessarily led to the receiving.
0: In the marriage example, Lewis makes the insightful comment that asking someone to marry you might be the result and not the cause of the other person's decision. So the same doubt that hangs over a request to God hangs over a request to other people.
1: And we can't tabulate success and failures uh, and see how many uh, we can you know, prescribe to chance or make a request, undo it, then remake it in fresh conditions. Uh, our assurance in the effectiveness of our request comes not merely knowing things about the entity we're requesting from, but knowing them.
0: Yeah. Lewis also says that asking if prayer, quote, works, puts us in the wrong frame of mind. It makes us think that prayer is automatic or a part of a machine. He says prayer is either sheer illusion or the personal contact between new and incomplete persons and the utterly concrete person. He says petitionary prayer is a small part of prayer in general. There's also confession, adoration, and just enjoying the, the presence of God. He gives a wonderful metaphor of a temple to illustri- illustrate his point.
1: Yeah, petitionary prayer is commanded of us. You know, give us our daily bread. And the theoretical problem still exists, though. How can God really modify his action in response to our request? Lewis answers it by saying that there are many things that God doesn't need, but— allows he could repair our bodies without food and convert people without missionaries he has seen to it though that there is a material world to cooperate with his will he quotes pascal who said god instituted prayer in order to lend to his creatures the dignity of causality which we're definitely going to get into that's huge
0: Mm -hmm. lewis says that prayers do not change the mind of god meaning his overall purpose but the purpose will be realized in different ways according to the prayers of his creation. And when he was writing this, I was thinking about Abraham's prayer for Solomon, Sodom and, Gomorrah and uh, Like other things we mentioned, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, God seems to de- delegate everything that is possible to delegate. We are not mere spectators, but are workers and collaborators. And can also either neglect or fail at whatever he has told us to do.
1: Yeah. Lewis admits that this explanation might be only a symbol or mental model, that the reality is not comprehensible by our finite faculties, but we can try to expel bad analogies and parables. Prayer is not a machine, nor is it magic, nor is it advice to God. Prayer, like all other acts uh, like worship, service, etc., is a part of the continuous act of creation.
0: He finishes the essay with the most powerful insight. I know, yeah, I know this insight has been one that has like continually haunted me ever since I I read it. Uh, Lewis says that the worst mental model is that those who pray are the, quote, court favorites and have a special influence over God. Again, he references Jesus's prayer in Gethsemane.
1: Yeah, tough word. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But Lewis quotes an experienced Christian in his life who said, I have seen many striking answers to prayer, and more than one that I thought miraculous. But they usually come at the beginning, before conversion, or soon after it. As the Christian's life proceeds, they tend to be rarer. The refusals too are not only more frequent, they become more unmistakable, more emphatic.
0: So does God forsake those who serve him best? Well, when God became man, that man, of all others, is least comforted by God at his greatest need. Lewis says that there is a mystery here, which even if, we had the, even if he had the power to explore, he wouldn't have the courage. Quote, mm-hmm. if we were stronger, we might be less tenderly treated. If we were braver, we might be sent, with far less help, to defend far more desperate posts in the great battle. Quote.
1: Come on, man. And it was literally right after reading that paragraph right there mm-hmm. that I texted you and said we have to do this. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's one that really uh, hits you in the gut, um, and is uh, yeah, it's tough.
1: It and, is tough, man.
0: Yeah, and and I guess to extend his his uh, war metaphor there at the end it, it kind of tracks to like my experience in the army a little bit where the, the new recruits, they are the ones who like, yes, it's kind of tough going through basic training and it's like a, it's a shell shock of sorts, but they're the ones who, I guess, once they get to their unit or, um, or even in basic training, they're sort of asked to do the less, the least amount, like everything's sort of Mm. set up for them. Um, but then as you get deeper into your military career, a lot more is put on you with a lot of yeah. help. Like you did help and you get support and you get things. Uh, but it's that, yeah, that's certainly the military experience. Um, and yeah, the deeper you get into it, the, the more is expected of you and the more, or the further afield you might be sent as as Lewis said.
1: Yeah. And it uh, it's kind of an indictment, you know. Like you think, um, oh, like you know, X, Y, and Z. You know, the the super Christians wouldn't struggle with that, or the super Christians would, you know, just pray for that and it would be, you know, done and, and completed, and you know, just kind of puts that to bed.
0: Yeah, and it, and uh, I guess another word for super Christians is, is saints. Yeah. 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 I just yeah, the more saintly you become, the more, um, yeah, is expected of you. Of you and I guess, yeah, the less quote support. And I just that in some ways that's true. And in some ways that's not true because God is always there. Um, right. right. You need him, And, but there are times where he like, will be silent and I'll have a story here in a second to share about that with me. Um, but I just, first I wanted to ask you, what were your thoughts on that, um, pascal quote about god uh, lending his creatures uh, the dignity of causality
1: i think that that is so powerful and important to remember so i remember something at liberty um or i can't remember the exact conversation but i was talking to a friend and i i said like oh i did this thing and they corrected me and said no god did that thing and i remember thinking like well yeah god did the thing but i um like i was a part of it like i I was there like i I did it Mm -hmm. um and you know with the best of intentions i feel like they denied reality there um and i know it's for the sake of humility and i totally get that like i am not the the source of the power now i remember thinking of this analogy of like uh uh do you remember when you would you would you know, cut the grass, mow lawns, whether was here or next door neighbors or someone around the neighborhood. You remember mm. doing that?
0: Yep, very well.
1: Well, was it you who cut the lawn or was it the mower who cut the lawn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Right? It, kind of both. The answer, it's both, right? Like, the mower didn't get out there and do it on its own. Like, there was a mind and a power behind it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we typically lend credit to the person for mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. That being said, like you were not out there ripping grass blade by blade, right? You mm-hmm. used a tool, like the mower still mowed the line and, and both things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that to be very similar here of, you know, if we pray for healing or these other things, right? Like we, right, we, we're invited into, like you said, the dignity of causality, mm-hmm. Um but that doesn't make us the the mind or the the power um, of that healing.
0: Yeah. And I just said going in, um, I just related to that when uh, Lewis was talking about how the God's overall purpose doesn't change. I just how it's enacted uh, might sh- maybe shift depending on on a prayer. And like, like I said earlier, it reminded me of in Genesis when Abraham was praying for Sodom and Gomorrah and, and goes th- the, through the famous of, if there was 50 righteous people, would you destroy? And God was like, no. And then if, if there's 45 and then all the way down to 10. And so it was like God was wanting to destroy because this these towns because there was no righteous people in there. But Abraham where there was no righteousness, but Abraham was like, well, what about all the good people that are there? And, and, uh, sort of like quote negotiates with God. Um, and, and God was like, yeah, you're okay. Yeah. If, if there are people, I won't destroy it. And, but ends up just destroying it because there's no, not enough righteous people there. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess we don't have time to tease out all the different,
1: but, but I, right, but I think there's an important point there of like, there were only four quote unquote, and we're loosely using the word righteous here, right? Mm-hmm. But Lot and his family is who Abraham was specifically intending to save, right? Mm-hmm. And they got saved. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, like Abraham's negotiations would not have gotten them salvation, and yet God saved them anyway. Now, we, Right, like uh Lot's wife ends up turning to salt, and then his daughters end up being yeah, awful. The, yeah, more
0: to you story. know,
1: like there's there's still consequences um there, but like God still like saved those who were at the very least comparatively righteous, mm-hmm. and and it, it, though like Abraham's prayer and negotiations would not have gotten them that, so like God's will. And his goodness was still done in spite of, you know, Abraham's prayer.
0: Yeah. Um, so what has prayer been like in, in your life, Andrew?
1: Yeah, so a couple things for sure. Um, I, have, I have been astounded by how often God has answered my prayers in the affirmative. Mm-hmm. If I write them down or by the grace of the Holy Spirit, he reminds me of, oh, you prayed for that. Oh, you prayed for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sometimes I'm robbed of my own encouragement by my, you know, faulty memory.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I am, uh, you know, like, I feel like God does answer more of our prayers in the affirmative. It's just once we get it, we don't care anymore. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not um, a, a delay, kind of like when the Israelites were passing the Jordan River, like God stopped the river upstream, and it took yeah, it took a I guess a second, if you will, before that up upst- like that immediate upstream stoppage got down to where they were.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like that out of sight, out of mind, um, and when the thing you're praying for becomes, you know, out of sight. Um, it becomes out of mind but then you get what you prayed for but you're not thankful because it's still like out of sight out of mind Mm -hmm. um and so i think sort of this um attitude of remembrance and definitely a a routine of remembrance can can probably lead to a lot more at, at the well, you wouldn't lead to more answered prayers, but it would lead to more perceived answered prayers.
0: yeah, yeah, you would know that just the true or a more accurate um, count, if you will of the right prayers.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I'd say like I definitely have gone through seasons of my life where where prayer, I'd say that I, I've done a good job of talking to God on you know intermittent basis, like I wouldn't say a day's gone by without prayer hmm but there are definitely seasons where um i've been much more intense in prayer mm. um and uh, and usually like it, it comes out of my own you know desperation or um desire for for something or against something you mm-hmm. know um but it's definitely it's definitely been a big part of my life what about you
0: Yeah, so I want to share three stories. Um, Oh, let's do it. Yeah, so the first story, I was in high school and went on with my church to a on a missions trip to um, yeah Montana, and it was uh we had a lot of train up. We had like a whole summer of train up for this missions trip. Um, and then we had been there, I guess, a week and a half, and so, and when you're, for those who don't know, but you know, when you're on a mission trip, you're just lit, like every day, same people. You're praying, you're worshiping, you're journaling, your Bible reading. You're, it's a pretty, uh, you're serving. It's a pretty intense devotional time and time of outreach and service. So we were really feeling the, the spirit and really feeling as close to God as I would imagine some people have felt in the, like, every, like, their entire life. Those were probably some of the best spiritual days for a lot of people. Um, and we were at a revival, and it was uh, just we had been worshiping for an hour or two. Uh, we had been um, proclaiming uh, the word. And this uh, woman in a wheelchair comes up and is uh asking for prayer and she tells us like she wants to be healed she wants to be able to walk again um and so one of the people so uh, he she told a buddy of mine about this he grabbed me and a few other people and so we all started uh, around her and praying for her and um and he was like okay let's let's uh no pun intended Let, let's take a step of faith and <laughs> <laughs> so we like and she was like okay yeah let, let's do this and so we like uh hold her up um and she just it was pitiful she was just sort of just hanging in our arms like with no absolutely no change in her health condition at all um and i don't know we just kept praying for her and and then after a time it just i don't know it just uh just nothing happened. Um, and so that was tough. Um, and just the Lord was just as silent as the tomb, um, with, with that prayer. And, and I can go on. Like, I I thought it was other things. I was like, I was like, God, like we, like, we feel like we were doing everything right. Like we, we thought we were praying like as we should, um, we like she wanted it we wanted it like we were like trying to take the step of faith and um and then i was like okay maybe it's just like a a, like a like a to keep praying so i prayed every single day for her and i still remember her name like every single day for her for like three years and Mm -hmm. like i never heard anything i don't know maybe she maybe she is healed but i just never heard anything else um or got any sort of sense about it and so that one was tough like i said it's just the lord just as uh like i said just every time i sort of prayed about it, it just uh, there was just a wall there um yeah and and i i, I can maybe tell more about that story because like, the lord has provided a little bit of resolution. Because I, I remember this story after 10 years or so. I remembered it about six months ago and and went through a, a sort of a pleading with the Lord, but I guess that's outside the scope right now. Uh, but He has provided a little bit of resolution. Uh, second prayer. So I was um, deployed to Afghanistan and um, been, so I met hands. And as a lot of people on this or listening would probably know, yeah, last August, Afghanistan imploded Um, and so I've been ever since last August been trying to help my buddy um, and his family leave the country and I've done every single thing that I can think of to try and help him and his family leave and it's all been just dead ends one after the other and I was listening to a podcast and it the the podcaster was uh, refer how elijah was quote binding the the lord to his in his prayer binding the lord to his word and and that's why God's like sent uh well in the story that's why the elijah story that's why god sort of responded to elijah's prayers is Elijah was like, "Hey, Lord, you said you would do this, and these people are doing the thing you told them not to do. So, fo- like, follow up on your word." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Okay, I am going to do this." I said, "Lord, like you say, asking you shall receive," and so, Lord, I'm asking. Please provide a way for my friend to leave
1: and safely, safe. and
0: have him come here so that like I can help take care of him and just sort of help his family get on their feet, like. Lord, like you say to take care of the stranger, like please just let, uh let this be the case, let this happen. And the next day, uh, <laughs> so like I said I've been talking to my congressman, and usually my congressman doesn't talk to me unless I specifically reach out to them. Um, right. So and they, and it would be infrequent too, like it would just be every couple weeks or months or something. Um, and sometimes after I even, I reached out to them, it was, it would be several days or a week or so before they got back to me. But like the day after I said that prayer, the, my congressman got back to me and like, like I said, unprompted responded to me, said like, Hey, like we talked to the state department, the application isn't moving anywhere. and You might want to try a different avenue. Um, so in that case, it was like, the Lord was saying, "Like, okay, Thornton, I hear you, but no." Mm. Um, and I, I, like, I don't know why. In my mind, it's like it seems straightforward why it, it he should answer my prayer in the affirmative, but um, for whatever reason, like I said it felt like he was saying, "I hear you, but no." Right. Um, third story. So, as I mentioned, I became an elder. And like I said very quickly after I became Ill, a lot of people started coming to me with stuff and, and um, I started dealing with a lot of issues and not just with individuals, but just within the church and just, um, just d- dealing with a lot of stuff. And I quickly realized I can't do this. And mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, if, if you want me to do this, like, I think you do, like you're going to need to give me the energy you're gonna need to give me like the wisdom. You're going to need to give me everything I need because I can't, Do this, um, under like my my own power and skills and stuff. It's just and just the weight of whatever the one's bringing to me and just the states involved. Like, like, just people just put so much trust in the church as they should, and just and faith is so central to a lot of church people's lives as it should. So it's like as someone in a, a position of spiritual authority, it just it is a heavy weight or just a heavy responsibility. Um, yeah. So anyway, as, as you well know. Um, so anyway, so after I prayed that uh, a couple of weeks later, I was uh, at a wedding and just talked. I didn't really know um, and didn't really know me um, and just kind of sharing them like, Hey, yeah, I'm an elder. And we just, and just started talking about spiritual things and, so, earlier that day, and then, so, anyway, he goes to his car and says, hey, I got something for you, and um, gives me a, a book uh, called, like, The Portable Seminary, and it's, mm-hmm. within it has everything that I had sort of been wondering about this, about that, about this part of our faith, or, like, how do you, like, help someone who's struggling with X, Y, or Z, and, um. That if it didn't answer the question, it set me in in the right direction. And Mm. but the story just a little bit cooler. So like earlier that day, he was in a a bookstore and stumbled across it and thought, oh, hey, this is a cool book. Let me let me get this. And then he was walking around the store and he was like, no, I I don't really need this. And so he went and put it back Um, and then he was about to walk out and then he felt like, no, I think I should get this, but I should give it to someone and then he was like, okay, yeah, I know exactly who to give it to, and so he already had someone else in mind, he, like, talked to that person, and that, um, or that person, like, reached out to him, and was like, hey, yeah, I'm already, like, going to seminary, I got these other books, and so, yeah, like, I don't, I don't need, need that, Um, and so he was like, oh, okay, like, that's, I, I thought I needed to give it to this person, but it doesn't sound like he needs it, um and then just yeah later that day he was talking to me he was like yep this is <laughs> this is the person um so i felt like that was an affirmative answer to prayer um mm. telling those three stories though it it does like it seems weird like why would the lord answer this prayer when i guess he could have answered that prayer in a in a simpler manner and and not answer these other prayers, which in my mind seemed more urgent, like healing someone, which the Lord obviously does, um, right? And and also like keeping my my friends safe. Like, why wouldn't He answer those? But He will answer like a, something like that. And and like Lewis says, like all of these can easily be explained by non supernatural means. Right. Right. There's just, there's just an element of uncanniness to it, um, that just seems unexplainable. Um, so those are, I guess, yeah, three stories of prayer in my life that I think in, in pretty sharp relief answer, like the, the three ways that I've experienced prayer, where it's just a flat out silent, no, or it's a no, like via silence, um, or it's like a, I hear you, but no, and then there's right. like a, a loving yes. Um, yeah, I don't think the Lord ever reluctantly says yes. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah, that that's been those those are my stories.
1: And I think that they all you know highlight you know just different aspects. But one thing that while you were talking about, I was I was just thinking of is. It's very interesting when we talk about prayer um, we we tend to think like, all right, like uh, why of course, like does God calls himself jehovah Rapha the you know the god who heals mm-hmm. right like why wouldn't he heal um, or you know why wouldn't God want to see the captive set free, why wouldn't God want to see x, y, and z right like and I think that, that it, we miss the point of – or two big points. The first is that if we got everything we wanted through prayer, right? If we always got the affirmative, kind of like Lewis said, it be a lot like magic or machine, right? Mm-hmm. But it would also take out human suffering. Mm. You know, like, we, like anytime something bad happened or was going to happen, we would pray we would get what we want, we would no longer suffer, right? Yeah. And I think that we would drown in a pool of comfort um, and I think our pride, like, it, until we have a sinless nature, right, can you imagine always getting what you want while maintaining a sinful nature and how you know awful that would be mm-hmm. um, and that there, there's a, a a humiliating portion of suffering that when we try to pray it away, we do more harm than good. Mm. Um, whether it's you know that woman in a wheelchair or your, your buddy in um, Afghanistan, or and, and who knows, maybe God will, will do those things, and the weight is part of the glory. You know, like, we're not going to take that off the table, you know, but, um, I think there's also an element of, of the suffering that shapes and refines us, um, while, you know, while we, we pray through it. Um, and the second portion is, you know, when the Bible does talk about those who get what they want, um in Romans 1, and it's called a wrath, right? Like Romans 1 des- defines wrath as, you know, people who have been given over to the desires of the flesh. You know, they've been given over to, you know, reprobate minds. Um, and they get exactly what they want. And that that Bible calls that wrath. And yet we would call that an answered prayer. Hmm. And I think that there's a kind of a humbling idea of sometimes the biggest grace is to to not get what you want. And I'm sure as a father, you're you're going to to learn that when uh, your little girl is you know grown and starts asking for stuff, you're not going to give her you know everything she wants uh, because that would be cruel
0: yeah like and I'm, i see what you're saying you're right like you don't want everything you want it's just it's just hard though when what you want seems to you good and yeah if my daughter yeah. did something to help people and it, i just yeah there's other circumstances and yeah maybe maybe i wouldn't want her to help some someone in in a certain circumstance but um uh, it's just i don't know just the finiteness of our perspective just is yeah sometimes and and it's just hard it's just hard yeah when you're like this seems good this seems exactly like what god wants everything seems aligned it just seems like god is the one who is like the stick in the mud if you will or the one holding back something good um yeah and then but i guess uh ironically what's especially with the, my first story one of the things that has just been so comforting to me is just, like, like in a lot of, things, he just understands, um, like yeah, in the Garden yeah. of Gethsemane, he's like, as we said, like he, it was out of everyone in history, he should have been the one that who has all his prayers answered, or is, especially yeah. at the instance when he was praying, and, and the Lord was again, silent as a tomb. Um, and I just, yeah, just the, the resolution I, if, but just like the, the, the small comfort I feel like the Lord has given me with that first story, at least, um, is that she will be healed. Yes. Like you said, it might might be in this lifetime. It still might be, um, and like I said, she might be healing. I just don't know it, or it might be in the future. Um, but yeah, there there is a, a day coming where we can look forward to where every like tear will be. There will be no more tears, and um, body we will be given new bodies. And um, yeah, so there there is that ultimate. Yeah, like sometimes It seems like small penance for, or just
1: no. no. But yeah. I, I want to talk about that mm-hmm. because. The I, I hear me out. When I hear that, I also have that initial mindset of that feels like small penance. But I think we neuter the gospel when the the prize of eternity feels like small penance. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea of an eternity of complete healing in a complete sinless nature, where we live with our ultimate, like omnibenevolent, omni potent omniscient omnipresent creator who is fully god and fully man right we we get the totality of the gifts of god and we consider that a cop-out sunday school answer like that is a atrophied neutered gospel because what like what hope do we have now right she could you know, be healed today and in a car wreck tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Like there's the, the the hope is not it's never meant to be for now, right? It, it's always meant to be an eternity, and if we if we you know sacrifice the hope of eternity for you know a comfort now or um, uh, an ease of suffering now or you know um, whatever that is now, right? Like how neutered of a gospel is that? Mm. Like I I I believe me I get where you're coming from and I I felt it too which is I'm kind of yelling at myself right now, but like what what are we what are we fighting for if eternity feels like um, a cop out?
0: You're yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. And I, I will, the only like yeah I think you're right. The only thing I would probably like to modify from what you said I think and I think this is one of the amazing amazing things about the gospel is. We have a hope in the eternity, which, yeah, I think it does get short shrift or it doesn't get its due. But we also have a hope for now. Like, we have both. Um, right. Because, yeah, like... We, that is true. Yeah, like, we have, yeah, we have a hope. And we, we believe that God who can change lives and, and heal relationships and, um, and yeah, do physical healing. Wow. Um. So, yeah, it might not be as often as we like or... As often as we think um but yeah we have a hope for now and um in the eternity just like when you're dating someone you enjoy the person now as well as look forward to the, the marriage in the future
1: mm, that's a good analogy i i i agree i agree um and that that does kind of lead me to a second point mm-hmm. of that um I think sometimes, especially uh, with prayer, we kind of, we pretty much exclusively view it through a transactional lens Hmm. um, of I pray for this, God either does or does not grant that transaction, right? And I think part of the reason our prayer life can atrophy is either we feel like we don't need to pray for anything because we feel like we're good. Mm -hmm. You know, like we don't want to be too greedy, right? Let's save them. Let's save those yeses for when we need them. Right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But I think we shortchange ourselves, all the other beautiful types of prayer that aren't transactional in nature. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: you know, can like the confessional or the adoration the yeah just soaking in in the lord's presence
1: right the the prayer of praise and worship right like just telling god how great he is and not having like a follow-up of all right now give me things right but like just or lamentation you know like praying like lord i don't get this like not even necessarily a, like a make it better but just like a like or for example like the the Evaldi shooting like that that led to so many prayers and, and not necessarily like a lord would would you raise him from the dead but like a lord like i don't get it like what's going on like how how do we operate what like lord what what do you want us to do as christians how do we how do we love deeply here how do we you know what i'm saying like there's so many other types of prayer that we we think oh prayer doesn't work yeah. because I do do or don't get something, but like that is a fraction of what prayer really even is.
0: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this wasn't in the script, but I will. I think it's. I feel like it's appropriate to just sort of end on the Lord's Prayer, and it's. I, I love like, that. Yeah, we can't. Uh, have a podcast on the FTC prayer if we don't i just at some point mention how jesus taught us to pray so on, I'll, I'll just read this real quick our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come that will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.
1: Amen. Uh, I could I could keep going, but I think we're yeah. we're hitting our time limit.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to stop. Well, listener, uh, thank you for joining us on this leg of our journey. Yeah, this was a I think a special episode, just uh, pretty personal, and I think. A lot of people, or just prayer is part of everyday life, and so it's, um, yeah, uh, a lot of, even though it was a short essay, a lot for us to chew on.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed reading this essay. Like I said, I remember when I finished it, I texted you and said, like, hey, we got to do this one next. Yeah, was uh, good. yeah, It fired me up, it fired me up then, and it's firing me up now. I love it. Next episode, we will be going over the reflections on the Psalms.
0: Yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, just I just finished reading all all the Psalms and and uh, yeah, just started reading uh, Lewis's uh, book. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it might be uh, a minute before we uh, get to recording the episode, but it uh, it's already been good preparing for it.
1: Uh, we're gonna be so
0: reflected. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, and listener, if you want to connect with us, we are on Twitter at Near CS Lewis. Uh, thank you all, and we'll uh, talk to you next time.
1: See ya.